I have my family. This is not the first time that I minister at Impact Church Jacksonville, but this is the best time because I have my family with me this time. Uh, Grace usually comes with me, my wife. But my, my daughter, Karis, who also sings on the worship team there in, in Detroit, she's here with me. My son is an Impact Kid, so uh, just really excited to uh, for all of us to be here. It's about 50 degrees in Detroit, so... It was, it was about 80 degrees yesterday here in Jacksonville, so that's not why I'm here, but it's a nice bonus. Let, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the grace of God that's on each of us believers. It was by grace we were saved. It wasn't because of any works that we did, and so we're just thankful. And Lord, we're asking for grace on our ears, on our spiritual ears and our natural ears so that we hear in a way that produces fruit today. God, we believe that one word from you can change everything. God, we're in need of change. We need change in our family, change in our lives, change in our situation. We believe your word will change it. Our hearts are open today to receive the word that changes everything. In Jesus' name, we honor you for it. Everybody that agrees, say amen. amen. If you're, if you're watching online or you're here in the room, just be in expectation today because not just because I'm wonderful, I said just, but the word of God is wonderful. The word of God really is powerful and it's alive and it's going to transform our lives. We're going to continue the message that Bishop Davis started last week. In Detroit, we continue uh, the messages that you all are, are receiving here in Jacksonville. We, Bishop Davis and I share notes and study together. And so it's kind of cool that we can pick up right where you left off. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. Jesus is speaking and he says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. The whole concept of this series that we're in this month is that there is a place that is safer to keep the things that matter most to you. And it is the vault that is in heaven. Jesus gave us two main reasons that we want to store our precious possessions, our treasure in the vault called heaven. Number one was that earthly investments eventually run out. But investments in the vault called heaven last forever. It doesn't matter what you have and how much you have. It won't be worth as much tomorrow as it is today. And, and there are certain things that cash money grip cannot pay for. There are things that you need that, that the heavenly vault can provide. And so Jesus says it's smarter to actually make your investment in the vault called heaven. The second reason that he gave is wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And, and we talked about last week that the thing that Jesus is interested in is not money. He's not really tripping about dollars and cents. Jesus is the same one. When he had to pay a, a tax bill, he told his employee, Peter, go fishing. And inside the fish's mouth, you're going to find enough money to pay my taxes and yours. See, listen, that's good because every time God blesses, there's always overflow. There's always abundance. There's always more than enough. You just look, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then it goes on and on and on until it says, my cup runs 
over. Now listen, doesn't God as a precise God know just how much to pour so that he stops right at the brim? Of course he does, but he keeps on pouring anyway. He causes our cup to run over and Jesus is not tripping about dollars and cents. And yet he talks about money all the time. Why? Because Jesus is interested in the truth that money tells. People are on your side. They will praise and celebrate you as long as you have something that they want. But everybody, listen, you mature to a point where you realize everybody that says they're for you is not necessarily for you. But there is a truth that money tells. And Jesus is smart and he's interested in the truth that money tells. Last week. Bishop Davis taught us about two examples where Jesus used money to test the condition of a person's heart. The first one was a guy we call the rich young ruler. And we call him rich young ruler because we don't know his name. His name didn't even go down in history. He's anonymous. He's a random person at this point. And it's because he failed the money test. And so we'll see a summary of him failing this money test in Mark chapter 10, verse 22. We're just summarizing from last week. It says, shocked at this statement, the man went away sad because he had many possessions. The statement that shocked him is Jesus said, you really want to be perfect? Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come be one of my disciples. Follow me. Now think about how great an opportunity that is for him to be one of Jesus' disciples. His name would be remembered to this day. This is a seed that he could sow in his future that, that will continue to feed him and his family for eternity, for generations. And yet, he went away sad. He went away sad because he had a great opportunity that he couldn't accept. And the reason he couldn't accept it is because he was tied to something. He was anchored to something. There was a chain to his possessions. It said he went away sad because he had great possessions. I mean, it's really messed up. If you have an opportunity and you get excited about the opportunity and then you find out, I can't do that. I can't accept this invitation because I'm tied to something else. Somebody says, I have tickets for you to see the Jacksonville Jaguars today. And you're like, great. Oh, wait, I got to go to work. I'm tied to something that doesn't allow me to walk through this door. And this wasn't just tickets that he was receiving. He was receiving an opportunity to lay up treasure in heaven that would take care of him for the rest of his life. Because remember, there are things that money can't buy. There are needs in your life. Listen, this guy is rich. And yet he's desperate for more. He's desperate for meaning. He's desperate for purpose. And he knew he was talking to the right one. And yet he couldn't. He couldn't walk into this opportunity because he was tied to something that held him back. And that will not be our story. Can I get an amen? amen? The other example was somebody that actually passed the money test. And we call him a rich tax collector, but we know his name. His name was Zacchaeus. Let's look at the scripture that summarizes him passing the money test. Luke chapter 19, verse 6. In the New Living Translation says, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus into his house in great excitement and joy. If you compare and contrast those two scriptures, one of them went away sad. The other one went away with great excitement and joy. And this is not a trick, y'all. This is not a hard test. A or B. Sad or great excitement and joy. You know the answer. We want great excitement and joy. And listen, I would take the great excitement and joy over the great possessions. 
It's a, it's a smarter deal if I get great excitement and joy in my life over great possessions. Bishop Davis used this example here, and I was watching online. He used the example of Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, last week he was talking about how Deion Sanders was successful. He was at the top of his game in two different sports. He was wealthy, and yet he was sad. He was depressed. And then he found Jesus, and that's when he started to win. And the great excitement and joy in life is better than great possessions. But here's the great news, and this is the topic of this message. God wants us to have both. I'm so thankful. So here's my big idea, my big statement for today. However blessed you have been to this point in your life, God wants you to be more blessed. Some some of you all were a little hesitant to celebrate because you thought I was talking about just pursuing wealth and pursuing money and, and you being the big deal. And that's not the kind of church this is. We're not tripping about money at this church either because my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. We're not focused on money. I, I didn't say you need to be more blessed for you. I said, however blessed you've been to this point, God needs you to be more blessed. He needs you to be more blessed. If you have an an all-star goat on your team, that's the person you give the ball to. I want to feed the hot man. I want to make sure if you're hot that I put the ball in your hand. And what God is saying is I need the ball in the hands of my people so that they can continue to score for the kingdom of God. If you're doing the will of God, then he wants to empower you to do more. And that's what the blessing is. In fact, last year, Bishop Davis shared with me that the Lord spoke to him about 2023, and I know he shared the same, the same things with you all. I want to remind you of what the word of the Lord was for 2023 to Bishop Davis. He said 2023 would be a year where God's blessing would just hover over your life like a cloud and will open doors for you that you could never open on your own. And listen, we serve the God of the blessing. He is the originator, the inventor of the blessing. It's always the year of the blessing for him. So if the blessing God says this year, we're going to rename it the year of the blessing. Oh, he, he intends to do something special, something different. There must be grace available in this period of time that is different than any other time. And however blessed you have been to this point, I need you to understand your God wants you to be more blessed. He he needs you to have more influence. He needs you to have more resources so that you can continue to move forward the kingdom of God. Blessing. In January, Bishop Davis taught this series. We taught it in Detroit as well. We gave this definition. A heavenly enablement. Blessing is a divine empowerment to prosper. I like this one. It's the state of having all of heaven pushing you forward into the destiny plan for your life before you ever got here, before the foundation of the world. It's the wind at your back. And I'm saying however much wind you've had pushing you into your purpose up until this point, God wants you to be more blessed. He wants more pushing you forward into your destiny. So let's really get into this. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 Paul is teaching his disciples or his students how to operate in ministry and he says I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard 
you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is, what are those two words? He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, remember the comparison between Zacchaeus, we know his name, and the rich young ruler, we don't even know his name. One of them went away with great excitement and great joy, but one of them went away sad. We want to be the people with great excitement. We, we want to be more blessed. We want to have the physical manifested presence of God in our home. Zacchaeus had Jesus come to his house. And I'm telling you, when Jesus shows up to your house, there were things that were wrong that won't be wrong anymore. Jesus can fix something in a moment that years of counseling couldn't fix. Years of therapy and medication. You need Jesus in your house. You want the more blessing he said it's better to give than it is to receive when you think about Zacchaeus what happened when he encountered Jesus something happened that broke that chain that had been holding him back he had this opportunity and he was able to break the chain to go into that opportunity that's what happens when you encounter Jesus when you meet the real thing the counterfeit doesn't look as cute anymore when you finally meet listen that's what happened when I met my wife can I just tell y'all I had a couple girlfriends before that I don't even remember them people because when I when I met the real, ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. That's just what it is, y'all. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, he was rich. But his riches didn't make him feel any better about himself. He had low self-esteem. He was a short guy. He had to jump and look, get, climb up in the tree just to see Jesus. But when he met Jesus, he was healed. He was filled. He was well. He was good. And now that I have the real thing, the moment that he encountered Jesus at that level, he started giving. He became generous. He said, half of everything I got, I'm giving to the poor today, Jesus, because that stuff I've learned doesn't mean anything. I got to have you. I got to have Jesus. Jesus. And if I have you, I have everything. Glory to God. So, so let's, let's look at this concept that, that God wants us to be more blessed. Because we don't want to limit ourselves to the receiving side of the blessing. There is a receiving side of the blessing, and it is blessing. Maybe you've never been in a place where you needed something, but if you've ever been in a place where you needed something and God sent somebody to meet that need, nobody has to convince you that that's blessed. You were blessed because God saw you. He saw your need, and he sent someone, somehow, some opportunity, some way to meet your need. That is the blessing, y'all. It is great blessing when somebody meets your need. Can I just give you all a report of Impact Church? Because you all sowed seed in a pandemic so we could start a church in Detroit. And, and Detroit needed an, another church. And we still need more churches. And at that time, it was more critical than at any other time. I can prove to you that it, there was a need for that local church. But you all sold seed, and this is the most generous church that I have ever known, bar none, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Generous. You all gave so that we who were in need in Detroit could have a place to meet, so that we could have resources. We didn't have a worship team, so you all sent your worship team Every single week to sing in Detroit with musicians, with sound people. You sent everything we needed and we were blessed because we had our need met. But can I tell you that now we're more blessed? <laughs> we were blessed 
because y'all were there for us. But now we're more blessed. So now I'm going to give this church the, the, the report. We started during the pandemic with a small launch team, but because of your support, we were able to launch on launch day, and we launched large. We had great support, and it was wonderful. And just in the last two years, we're three years old now. The first year, we just built our foundation, but over the last two years, our attendance has doubled. But that's not even the most exciting thing, because you're more blessed to give than to receive. Let me tell you what your seed is still doing in Detroit. We're paying for several beds at local homeless shelters, two different local homeless shelters. We covered the beds for a whole year at two different homeless shelters. We're supporting an organization that sends students home on Fridays with food because they found Detroit kids are starving over the weekend. So we actually sponsored a number of kids and said every single weekend this school year, they eating on Impact Church. And that's because of your seed. Not only that, there are several churches, four specific churches that we helped to launch because they, they needed support like we needed support. And because now we're more blessed to give than to receive four different churches we helped launch in Metro Detroit and other churches that we sent checks to that were struggling and, and really lost everything during the pandemic and we sent help to them. But even all of that is just a, just a small part of the real harvest because listen to this, y'all, I need a drum roll. We're a brand new church, three years old. 739 people have said yes to Jesus because of your seed at Impact Church Detroit. Woo! It's exciting when you're on the receiving side and you're like, whoo, Jesus came through for me. But you know what's more blessed? When you get to stand there and know that for all of eternity, you're responsible for God coming through for somebody else. It's more blessed. That's so, that's so exciting to be able to share that with y'all. Jesus demonstrated one of the best examples of this more blessed principle. In the Gospels, he did a financial miracle that he performed for thousands of people at one time. This financial miracle is famous. It went down in history because, listen, this is the only miracle that all four Gospel writers recorded. And the reason for that is because Jesus did so many miracles. The Apostle John said, listen, if we try to tell every single miracle Jesus did, all of the books in the entire world couldn't contain the stories. Jesus was doing miracles on a daily. He is a miracle worker then. He's a miracle worker now. If you're in need of a miracle, he's present right now to do a miracle. But this one made such an impact on the disciples all four of them, when they sat down to write their biography of Jesus' life, they said, I got to tell the one of the 5,000 people that Jesus fed. Why did they all record it? I want to find that in this passage. So let's look at it together. We'll put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 14. And it's a long passage between uh, verses 12 and 21, but we'll read it. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, the scripture told us about the good shepherd. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. 
but he also said that I'm going to send shepherds. And how would you know who's a real shepherd and who's a hireling? He said, they're going to they're going to care for you. And, And these disciples were not operating like good shepherds at that time, because what is the church here for? If you send people away when they're in need, that's not what the church is built up for. We are the the demonstration of the kingdom of God where righteousness, peace and joy is here. And yet they saw these people were in need and they said, Jesus, getting kind of late now. I'm getting hungry. Why don't you send them away? What did Jesus say? He responded differently because Jesus thinks differently. The way that a giver approaches a situation is different. When you're connected to the resource, when you're connected to Al Shaddai, when he's got all the things that you could ever possibly need, you function different. Your paradigm shifts. And so Jesus says, no, we're not going to send them away. He said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answer. In fact, because it's recorded in all four Gospels, you get different sides of this story. Let me just break it down to you. Let me give you the the summary of what's going on. Jesus sees this need. He already knows what he's going to do. But he asks his disciples a question. He says, where can we go to buy food for these people? Now, I got to tell you, when Jesus says, where can we go to buy food for these people? He's talking about feeding at least 15,000 people. Because the scripture is going to tell us in a minute that it was 5,000 heads of the family, 5,000 men, and their women and children uh, beside that, their wives and their children beside that. So that lets us know it's at least 5,000 men, and then all of their family is with them, thousands of people. The cheapest thing that you can do for dinner that I know of is a hot and ready at Little Caesars. This is not a commercial. I've just been there, okay? Okay. You can, you can even do better than that, to tell the truth. You go to the grocery store and you boil you some ramen noodles, you're going to be all right, all right? If you've ever been a starving college student, you didn't figure it out. Ramen noodles go a long way. But listen, the, these disciples answered Jesus and said, if we bought all of them ramen noodles, we wouldn't have an, it would take half a year's wages just to give them all a snack. How much you make this year? Half of that just spent to feed them one time. And Jesus wasn't tripping about dollars and cents. He wasn't then. He isn't now. That number wasn't too big for Jesus. Jesus said, where can we go to buy it? They didn't answer, where can we go to buy it? They said, this is all we got, Jesus. We don't. I didn't ask you what you had. Can I give you a prophecy? The Lord is about to ask you to do something that you don't have in your hands enough to do it, but he's not tripping about dollars and cents. He's talking purpose. He's talking destiny. He's not worried about the resources. He just needs somebody to say yes. He said, the the harvest is white it's ready but where are the laborers the laborers are few pray to the lord of the harvest that more people are willing to take their eyes off of the resource and put their eyes on the resource so that they can have everything that they need so let's let's continue this story we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish they answered he said bring them here to me whatever it is that you're saying you have Just bring it to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish. He looked into heaven and he gave thanks. That gave thanks actually is the word that we get eulogized from. To eulogize is to speak well of, is to announce something, is to prophesy something even. Jesus blessed this bread. He blessed it and then he broke it and then something happened. He gave them to the disciples. Wait. The disciples weren't the ones that we're supposed to be feeding. 
Now, the disciples are hungry also, but Jesus broke the bread and no miracle happened. He handed it to the disciples. Still no miracle. The miracle happened when the disciples then gave them to the people. Let me read that sentence again. It says, then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And then the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls. How many disciples was it again? 12. How many baskets did they pick up? 12 picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. This was unforgettable. All of them wrote about this one miracle. Why? Because they've all had Jesus do things for them. But this is the first time that Jesus used them and their own obedience where he gave them the resource and then they gave it away. And that's when they experienced the more blessed. That's when they experienced the more blessing. They said, listen, it was great when we were sitting around the campfire that time and we broke that cracker up and that cracker kept going around. And then all 12 of us got full off of that one cracker. But that's not something you write about. But when you're looking at 20,000 people and Jesus says, those 3,000 over there, Peter, them your 3,000. And he give you a loaf of bread. And you're like, Jesus, I'm not cut for this. I don't, what I'm supposed to just, how do I even walk over there with this? I just don't understand. But Peter starts to break it and hand it. And then it's whole again and he breaks it and he hands it and it's whole again. And, and, and Peter, tears start to run down this man's face because he's looking at families that are hungry. And he breaks it and he hands it and it's whole again and he breaks it and he hands it and it's whole again. And that's the more blessed. God wants you to get to a position where you're no longer thinking about your needs, your bills, how you going to make it this week, how you going to make it next week. He wants to put you in a position where you break it and you you hand it out and it's whole again and then you break it and you hand it out and it's whole again it will change your life let me say that differently it has changed your life we all got those examples I know where I am y'all I told y'all this is a generous church it has changed your life and God wants you to be more blessed more blessed We're not settling for the receiving side only. He wants us to be on the receiving side, but he wants us to break it and hand it out so that it can be whole again and continue and continue until more and more people are transformed. Listen to this quote. When you're on the receiving side of the blessing, you get bread. That's nice. When you're on the giving side of the blessing, you get baskets. It's nice to have the bread. But the bread runs out, even though it's supernatural. When you digest it, it's gone. And you need another miracle every day when you have bread. But when you have a basket that has the anointing on it to multiply, there was something on this basket. It was just anointed. So every time I hand out, because I'm not just carrying my basket. This isn't about taking care of my family. This is about taking care of God's family. When I'm carrying his basket, it will multiply and multiply. And the 12 disciples, when everybody was full, They took a basket for themselves too. He didn't forget about you. He didn't forget about your family. In fact, the scripture says God is not unfaithful to forget your labor of love and the work that you've shown toward his name. He's going to take care of you. He wants you to be more blessed. But listen, he doesn't want you to be a bucket. A bucket takes water and just gets full. 
just gets full. And that's nice. That's blessed. Oh, man, I'm so full. I'm so full. He wants your cup to run over. He wants you to stop being a bucket and start being a hose. What if you could be a hose? What if there's the flow never turns off? It never, it just keeps flowing. And as you give, you become whole again. You give and you become whole again. That's the character of Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave. We love, so we give. It's just the way that we're we're, we're cut as Christians. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, 25 says this principle. There's one who is free in giving, and yet he grows richer. Free in giving, just constantly, all the time, giving away, giving away, and yet grows richer. And there's one who, give, who keeps what he should give, but he ends up needing more. The man who gives much will have much, and he who helps others will be helped himself. I underline that part. He who helps others will be helped himself. Because if you're stingy, the scripture says the person that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. It's not a punishment. It's just that's the way you function. And, and, and there's universal law where when you're in need of help and you're accustomed to walking past people that need help, that there's going to come a time where you need help. You don't want to be that family member that always has enough and never wants to share with anybody until something hits their life. And now they are in need. And all of the unsaved family members is like, don't even dare call me. (laughs) It says the person that helps others will themselves be help the disciples participated in this miracle with jesus and it made such an impact on their lives that all four of them recorded this in the gospel the only miracle they recorded uh all four of them recorded and the reason is later on that night they had helped others later on that very night they were in need of help they didn't know when they were just obeying jesus And they were distributing to the other people. They were just being obedient. They were just being generous. They didn't know when they were helping others that their time was coming before the end of the day. They got into a boat, the scripture tells us. In fact, let's go ahead and read it. In Matthew chapter 14, 22, 25, it says, And once, at once Jesus had his followers get into the boat. He told them, y'all go ahead to the other side while he sent the people away. After he had sent them away, he went up the mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone in the mountain. And by this time, the boat was far from land and was being thrown around by waves. The wind was so strong against them. Just before the light of day, Jesus went to them walking on the water. They invested something in the vault called heaven. But what they put there was just bread. But now they're in a situation where they need something that bread does not solve. They got a situation that the doctors can't fix. They got a situation that all the lawyers can't fix. They got a situation where they need Jesus walking on the water toward me. I'm glad, Jesus, that you walk on the water for everybody else. But when my day comes where I need you, I need to have a confidence that you'll walk on the water toward my boat that's sinking. And before the end of the day, they got 
a harvest on their giving and it changed their life. They were never the same after this because they recognized they've activated a more blessed principle that if I work with Jesus, he'll always be with me too. That I'm never going to lack anything. That my God really will supply all my need as well. And I don't have to focus on my need. I can do Matthew chapter 6. I can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to me. I told you at the beginning, he doesn't want you to have either great joy and excitement or great wealth. He wants you to have both. He wants the ball in your hand if you're somebody that's going to release it. If you're somebody that's going to be obedient, if you'll break and distribute, he'll make it whole again. He wants us to be more blessed. And Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for what you put into our hands. We don't want to be forgetful hearers. We put ourselves in remembrance, God. We remember the days, God, when you came through for us. We remember being on the receiving side. Thank you, Lord, for sending people to help us so we could make it another day. Thank you, Lord. Continue to bless those people that have blessed us. But, Lord, we sign up. We want to be on the giving side. We want to be more blessed. And it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. We honor you, Lord. We honor you with our decision and commitment that this is the way we're going to live. You put something in our hand, we'll distribute, and it'll be whole again. We honor you, God. While your head is still bowed, your eyes are still closed, I want to give this invitation to someone that may be watching online or here in this room. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. I quoted it earlier, but let me tell you about John 3.16 again. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That not perish is for you. Doesn't matter what you've done. He said, whoever believes in him, you don't have to pay for your sin. You don't have to make it up to God. You don't have to be good enough, religious enough, churchy enough. God loves you just like you are. You can be on the receiving side of the greatest gift that's ever been given right now. But the reality is this gift, you have to opt in. It's not automatic. You don't get this one just because you were born. You have to be born again. If you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to do something bold today because I want you to remember this day. I want it to be marked on the calendar as the day I was for real about Jesus. And I made him my Lord for real. I made a quality commitment. And my life has changed forever. I'm going to ask you to do something bold, and that is simply raise your hand. When I count backwards from three... If you're one of those people that says, listen, I've been to church, I've prayed before, but I can't say Jesus has been my Lord, like my boss. He's been running my life. If you can't say that for sure, today is that day that you make an official commitment. God, I want to be yours. I've been tied down to stuff. I had this opportunity before, but I was tied so I couldn't walk into the opportunity. I'm breaking that tie right now. It's all Jesus, everything. It's for you and only you. I'm giving my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count backwards from three. And I want you to do it boldly. I'm not going to ask you to do something else. Come to the front or go to another room. I simply want you to throw your hand up, but I want you to put it up in a way that you'll remember. I want you to be bold about it because this day will go down in history. 
as the day that everything changed. On the count of three, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Put it up so I can see it. If you're watching online, I can't see it, but God can. He's watching. He's watching your heart and your hand. Put your heart with your hand when I count to three. Three, two, one. I see those hands. I see those hands all over the room. Remember this moment. You can put your hand down. All of us together, let's pray a prayer of committing our lives to Jesus. And if you raise your hand, and this is the first time that you pray this prayer and you really mean it from your heart, let me tell you what's about to happen. In the spirit, in heaven, your name is about to be etched into Jesus's book that says you get everything that Jesus gets. You get his righteousness. You get his holiness. You get his goodness. All the things that God gives to Jesus, he gives to you. Your name is about to go in that book. If you mean this from your heart, all of us, let's repeat this together out loud. Heavenly Father, I believe you're real. Jesus is the son of God. He died for my sins. God, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, you're alive now. So I officially make Jesus Lord of my life. Now and forever, my life belongs to you. I turn away from sin and I turn to you. I receive the Holy Spirit to help me live this way for the rest of my life. Amen. Clap it up for those that made that choice. Best decision you'll ever make in your life. We're celebrating.